Good morning. Um, if you do not have one of these, will you just raise your hand? If you don't have one of these, raise your hand. We'll, we'll get to them later. Um, but these are just resources that we're suggesting for this series. So we'll do that. Um, I feel like there was a public exhortation of tongues that I'd love to bring some interpretation to. Um, so anyway, I feel like there's a fresh wind um, that, that the Lord is breathing on. There's a momentum that I've, that I've felt and that is in this house I feel sweeping across America. Uh, it kind of feels like in this, in this season right now, we're kind of like popping up a sail and the Holy Spirit is just breathing a fresh breath of wind and blowing. Um, and I feel like the words that, that, that were spoken was, I felt like coming in today and it was kind of confirmed through the tongues was, I feel like there's still somebody here. Like, like we save this every, every end of every service, we, we offer the opportunity for salvation. But I feel through that, through the, through the uh, glorifying the Lord and, and through that, I feel there was somebody here that uh, basically should, <laughs> there's an opportunity to give your heart to the Lord. And, and I believe, like, there's somebody here, maybe some of the, the, the teaching through the blood, um, but I felt like that was a call. Those tongues were a call to give your heart and, a, and a, really a prayer of repentance and a prayer of making Jesus Messiah. Um, so not to, like, make a spectacle out of this or maybe it's somebody online or whatever, but if that's you, will you just raise your hand and stand? Can you just stand? If you want to give your heart to Jesus right now, you want to say a prayer of repentance, just stand we're going to just surround you and love on you. I'm going to do it no matter what. So if that's you, just stand. If you want to just say, it doesn't mean you're not saved, but if you want to get saved, uh, man, just make Jesus Lord of your life. Now's the time. I feel like the Lord has been doing something, and uh, our services and our worship have been so powerful and uh, I believe like he's, he's just, I've not felt this momentum since January prior to COVID. And there was just this momentum, there's this shift that's happening. And uh, I feel like the Lord is just going to, to do something really amazing. So why don't you do this? Why don't you grab the hand of the person next to you? We're going to pray. Then we're going to get into this series again. But I believe the Lord is breathing revival. If you've seen some things going on in Kentucky, and I don't think it's this far distant thing. I, don't, I, I honestly don't even think revival is a destination. I, I think it's a way of life. I think, I think it's within us. I think it's within here. And I don't believe like we need to, I, I mean, there are, there are these moments, there are these things happening in certain, certain things. I know there's something going on in Charlotte, North Carolina right now, something in, in Kentucky at Asbury University, and I know there's these pockets of revival, but how many believe that we can be the revival? We can be revival. We can live revival. We can have revival. And I think sometimes we get into this, I almost call it, I do call it glory chasers, where we go to conference to conference or thing to thing, and we'll go, let's go find out where the revival is instead of just asking, Lord, let me be the revival. So maybe you need revival in your heart. Maybe you need revival in your life. Maybe you need that repentance and, or whatever. Maybe there is something. Maybe Steve was, was hitting on something, or, or maybe Kenny was bringing something to light in the atmosphere through tongues. But I believe this, like we are revival. The whole, same Holy Spirit that's at Asbury University right now is the same Holy Spirit that lives inside you. The same Holy Spirit that's breathing in Charlotte, North Carolina is the same Holy Spirit that's in you. So let's just breathe life. The things that are happening, the momentum that's happening in America right now, uh, the thing that's sweeping across, the things that's fueling this service, our worship times, uh, let's just pray that same breath, that Ruach breath of life into that person you're holding at hand. So Lord, we thank you for the Ruach breath of life. 
We thank you for your word. We thank you for spirit, Jesus, and we ask for revival right now. We stand in this holy place and we ask and we declare revival now. We thank you, Jesus. Breathe hope, breathe life. Lord, remove shame in Jesus' name. Breathe hope right now. Breathe freedom right now. You died on a cross. You paid a penance. You removed all sin and all shame through your blood in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that, that we can just draw a circle and put revival in the center, and it's you, Lord, and we stand in that. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. All right. Let's get on to some fun things here. Who... Um, who, who cares about the Super Bowl? We can just give a shout. So three of you care about the Super Bowl. That's great. I'm with you. All right, let, let, let's give a shout. Who thinks the Eagles are going to win? Just give a shout. Okay, let's see how many prophets are in the house. How many think Kansas City Chiefs are going to win? Okay. Um, how, many, um, how many think the Bengals are going to win? Oh, wait, they didn't make it. But wait, I'm a Browns fan, and they didn't make it either, so they made it way uh, worse than the Bengals. So anyway, uh, how many just doesn't give a rip? Woo. <laughs> all right, all right. So we may not all be football fans in here, but we're all Jesus fans. That, that'll work. All right, you guys ready for some biblical dad jokes? I think I upped my game this week, all right? I think I may have upped my game. Let, let's just see where we're at. All right. When someone needed a boat made, what did the people in town say? We know a guy. We know a guy. Who was the greatest financer in the Bible? Noah. He was floating his stock while everyone was in liquidation. What size was the lumber that was made to build the ark? A lot of two-by-twos. What did the, now this is for my friend Steve Justice, who launched a great foundation last week to this Sabbath series. It says, what did the lawyer ask when someone started talking about God's will? Was it notarized? <laughs> What's a miracle that can be done by a complainer? Turning anything into wine. <laughs> this is for me. How do pastors like their orange juice? With a pulpit, of course. Pulpit. What types of boats do believers want to go on? Discipleship, worship. We could go a lot on that. All right, all right, all right. Okay, let's see. Hopefully this last one's the best one, but I don't know. What did God say after he created Adam? I can do better than that. So he created woman. All right. Okay, so we are in a new series. We'll put the graphic up. You have a paper in front of you that some resources we'll get to later. Um, but basically, the, the resources, uh, we'll just get to it now. Um, today, we're going to do part two of the Sabbath like introduction. Then the next few weeks, we're going to focus on uh, stop, rest, delight, worship. So that'll be the next four weeks. And then we're going to end with a panel discussion. And what we're doing is, and hopefully Steve really portrayed this last week. It was a great message. I listened to it online. Uh, I do want to thank you for allowing me the freedom uh, to minister in my home and my family before here. And thank you for the freedom to take a week off and to go watch my daughter, Chloe, get the gold medal in her volleyball tournament last Sunday. 
A lot of big wins. Uh, but anyway, so this is a list of resources that um, the last since September that I have been a part of, read, journeyed on, studied, dove into. A few of us in the church have. Nicole and I have. Um, matter of fact, Steve Justice gave me that bottom book on the left corner there, the bottom left corner margin. Uh, actually, I think like seven years ago, maybe, uh, he gave us that book uh, called Margin. And that was kind of the seed into some of the space and some of the things we're talking about with Sabbath. And, uh, and we'll, we'll get into that. But this is just a great set of resources. There's a couple QR codes on there. One is the podcast called uh, Rule of Life. It's incredible. There's about five um, or six. There's really five or six actual podcasts on there about Sabbath. And now the new ones are going into a prayer module. Um, but anyway, then there's a, a little QR code there that's some Bible reading plans on Sabbath. So... Um, anyway, Genesis, Let, let's just kind of recap what Steve did. Check it out online, listen to the podcast, go to Spotify, whatever, YouTube, however you like to do that, if you missed out on last week, because it was really a true biblical foundation all the way back to the Hebrew um, translations and different things about Sabbath and what that is. Today, I'm going to just, just maybe expand on that just a little bit, but also just give my story of why are we here? Why do we feel uh, that we want to press into this? With let, Let's just be honest. There's a, there's a wave, there's a wind of revival right here, right now. There's this momentum right now, so why do we want to press into Sabbath? It's like, wait, shouldn't we go more? No, we are not asking you to jump higher, scream louder, push more, go to more services. That's not what we're asking. We're actually asking you to stop and rest so that you can do more... <laughs> Let me reword that. Sometimes less is more. And sometimes our calculated yes is more effective than all of these little yeses. So there is revival happening. And what's happening, if we're too busy, if we're, too, if we're on this treadmill of religion, this treadmill of life, this treadmill of, of just trying to do, 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 do more, get more done, do this stuff, we miss the things that are right in front of us. And if we're so busy and exhausted and tired and overwhelmed and anxious, then we may miss the revival that's happening in us. So that's kind of why we're pressing into this. It's sometimes, you know, our stop, you know, it's kind of like go make disciples, right? Well, it's this calculated stop. It's this tactical pause. And, and I'm a firefighter, I'm a lieutenant at the Troy Fire Department full time. And sometimes we take this tactical pause or what we say in firefighting is we walk with purpose. We're not allowed to run. It's, it's, it's actually a rule. Like, we can't run. We walk with purpose. We walk with intentionality. That's what a Sabbath does. It's this, it's this thing to where we get to walk with purpose, and there's this intentionality with it that with this tactical pause. It's this tactical, let's gather ourselves so we can be more effective in the time we do work, in the time we do press in. So we're going to get into that. But he talked about in Genesis and went all the way back to the creation of this seven-day cycle. And I just want to point out other things. Again, he read the scripture. We might get in just a little bit here later. But he read the scripture, and I just find it interesting just to point out a few things. Sometimes we think it's like, it's honestly like tithing. Sometimes we think we can do all this with our own when he's actually giving us more stewardship and more effectiveness with less, but it's his. It's like a tithe. I can do way more with a blessed 90 than I could with my own 100. Same way that I can do more in six days if I take a day to just reset and recalibrate and put God first than I could in full seven of just doing, 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 doing. Chick-fil-A. They outsell every fast food. food. I so wish Corey was here today. But we got Logan. So 
they outsell and they have these astronomical numbers in six days, more than what McDonald's and all these other ones are doing in seven. Hobby Lobby, a decor home goods company doing more in six days for their industry as the industry setter and leader than most are doing in their competitors in seven. Seventh Day Adventists did a study and it's amazing that they practice Sabbath very religiously. And now they also eat healthy, but they practice the Sabbath. And do you know the studies showed that they live 11 years longer than the average life? That's one-seventh the average lifespan in America. I think there's something to be said about this. So as we get into these cycles, it's not about just like taking a day to do nothing. It's this calculated rest because really it's a matter of doing more with less and it's a matter of trust. We're trusting God to do more. It's, it's this thing, it's like that waiting for that fresh manna. We don't have to gather it and store it because it's not going to last. It's trusting God that he's going to give fresh manna tomorrow. He's going to give fresh manna at, 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 again, right? The other thing is Exodus, the Ten Commandments. Steve talked about the Ten Commandments. He even gave you an acronym for it, right? I don't remember the acronym. I think I remember the Ten Commandments, but not the acronym. But it's this thing to where, isn't it interesting that we obey probably all nine other commandments? Hopefully you're not cheating on your wives and coveting other people's wives. Hopefully you're not murdering people. I hope. I hope that's a thing in, a, in this in upper room. Hopefully you're not stealing. I hope you're putting God first, right? But we have, for so long, me, I will admit for the first one in here, I've overlooked the Sabbath. I've paid no attention to it. I don't know if that's anybody else in here, but we will work seven days a week. We'll leave Sunday and go do something. We'll leave, we'll leave church here and go work or do more and more and more and more. And we stay so busy that we're exhausted and eventually we get sick. I'll expand on that in a little bit. But here's the deal. It, it's a commandment. It was, it, it, was, it was this thing that the Lord set apart. I don't want to go too much. And then he focused on New Testament and how Jesus challenged the Pharisees and Sadducees, and, and he challenged the religious spirit by working and doing a few things and some miracles on the Sabbath. So let's get into some stuff. Because I don't know about you, but hopefully you're receiving this as an invitation. This is not about the, the love of law. It's about the law of love. There's a difference. There's a shift here. This was not, and he set out a great foundation last week, that this is not about law. This is not about a requirement. This is not a rule. This is not something we're saying all of us are going to do and you have to do it. No, this is an invitation for the, for the law of love, not the love of law. So it shifts something because it really is who we are because our mission statement, our, our, our shortened mission statement is worship, grow, go. And that's calibrating in a Sabbath in this lifestyle. And we're going to explain what it is, what it isn't. We'll get into some practical things here for about the next two hours. It'll be great. So... You know my voice ain't going to last two hours, so you have faith today that he ain't going to go that long. I can hear it. So, but anyway, it's, it's this thing to where it's worship, grow, go. And if our Sabbath, if we're resting, if we're, if we're stopping, right, resting, delighting, and worshiping, doesn't that sound like worship, grow, go? Because we're now going from rest, not going depleted. We're going from being filled up. We're going from having Jesus full in us because we've recalibrated and we're going and our go is much more effective than our okay fine another day okay here we go so let's let's get into some of this anybody have an electronic that maybe it's a washer maybe maybe it's a dishwasher maybe it's your phone or a computer it just starts to get bogged down or something that starts to do weird things and every once in a while like my phone i'll have to power it off 
And then I power it back on, and it's like, okay, cool. Work. I close everything out. Any, anybody else have to do that? We have this haywire dishwasher, and every once in a while, it just goes nuts. So I have to go downstairs in our cellar. I have to bend down. I have to go figure out which panel it's on. Now I know, but I, I have to trip the breaker. I count the 10, and I put it back on. I fight the cobwebs. I go up this nasty, nasty dungeon-like passageway to my cellar. Our house was built in the 1830s. So picture that. It's usually wet down there and musty, and I always find something dead. This last most recent time down there, I found the crustiest, weirdest-looking bird down in my cellar. I'm like, how'd that get there? That must be what we were hearing a couple months ago in the register. So anyway, and then all of a sudden, it goes beep, 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 and the dishwasher works fine. We're like, okay, cool. And all of a sudden, like a couple months later, six months later, Nicole's like, dishwasher's not working again. Fine, I'll go down there, see what I'm going to find dead this time. And I go down. Anybody else have to do this with anything? And then all of a sudden you turn it down on and it works. That's, that's my illustration of Sabbath. We're unplugging. We're resetting. We're recalibrating. And sometimes our bandwidth is so minimal and so messed up because we've got so many apps open. We've got so many things we're doing. We've got so many things on our calendar that we're not firing on all cylinders. We're not functioning right. So we need that reset. We need that unplugging kind of period. For your dishwasher, it's 10 seconds, right? For me and my family, it's become a day. And we're going to get into this. Let me just tell you what Sabbath is. This is my definition of Sabbath or some things that it is, and I want to clarify what it isn't, okay? How many lean forward people do we have? Busy bees, workaholics. I got to keep going, push, push, push. All right, how many lean back people do we have? I got to kind of like, my go-to is just to lean back. I think that's a song, isn't it? We won't go there hydrate on that one so for some of us this is like this is I want to define what it is and what it isn't because some of us are looking at it from a lean forward time and, and you're going to be like if you're like me it's like oh this is amazing I get permission to take a day off and not feel any guilt but if you're a lean back person already you're like oh crap I got to work six days and only to get one off yeah that's the biblical cycle so Sabbath is a very intentional, tactical lifestyle of time and energy. It's a calculated rhythm. Sabbath is stewardship of time and intentionality of a reset. It's stopping, resting, delighting, and worshiping. Sabbath is in community. It is family time and time set apart for growing closer to others and closer to the Lord. Sabbath is permission to rest, to take a time out, to press pause and to do whatever you want to do and not feel any guilt for it. Sabbath enhances productivity by slowing us down. Sabbath is methodical. Sabbath is an invitation and a blessing. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. Sabbath is not. Everybody say Sabbath is not. Sabbath is not. A law. It is not the treadmill of religion going nowhere. It is not doing nothing. It is not resting six and working one, all right? It is working six. It is being diligent. It is being calculated. It is stewarding six to take a day off of just you time. It is, it is, it is Genesis is very clear about this. So Genesis, actually, let me, let me take just a little pause here. Do you realize that before they messed up 
And we want to say, well, work came from, from the fall of man. No, they were actually put in the garden, and it said to tend the garden. They were actually given dominion over the animals, the fish, and everything in it. In the garden, they actually were placed in a tent, which means work. They were actually intended to work, but they were given this gift of a Sabbath to take a day off. That toil and that, that putting hand to the plow, that work did not come from a curse. That came from a blessing. That was before the curse came. That was before the fall of man. They were actually called to tent. Paul's very clear. Paul did all of what he did and was a tent maker. Genesis 3, and even when we go into 2 Thessalonians, even 1 Thessalonians is very clear about the Lord commanding us to work and earn a living. It's also very clear to rest and do it with rest. We do unto the Lord, but we be still and know he's God, right? So, so let, me, let me carry on here. Our story. I used to be a guy that preached against a lot of what we now practice here. I preached against tongues. I preached against God. I was an atheist. I didn't believe in any of this stuff. Um, then when I got saved, I was a cessationist, didn't believe in healing. Matt actually was the one, my brother on piano today, my brother was the one pushing me and prodding me, and he went to this conference where healing, there, there was healing and teaching on healing and how it's still biblical. And for today, I was like, all right, and slowly got into it. All these other things that we talk about, I, I was pretty much against. And then we, we journeyed through Sabbath and all this stuff. I was like, nah, that, Jesus came, he, 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 he got rid of that. Look what he did on the Sabbath. And I was like, man, I'll rest when I'm dead. How many else has said that? I know my cousin Nick has, my best friend. I can rest when I'm dead. Anybody else said that? You need a Sabbath. <laughs> so I would say things like that and be against it year after year after year after year. Now we start having kids. Now we start getting busy with kids. Now we start getting busier in ministry and busier juggling full-time firefighting job, full-time pastoring. Busy, busy, busy. Then all of a sudden, let me fast forward. I start hearing this thing about Sabbath. I start hearing these people t reading about it and talking about it. And uh, Hannah gives my, my wife this book. And then, of course, I'm in bed trying to go to sleep, trying to get my version of rest. And Nicole's like, here, you got to read this. Here, let me read this to you. I'm like, oh, gosh. I'm reading another book through you again? So then we go down to Atlanta in September. And this was probably in August. In September, we go to Atlanta, and we're staying with Jennifer and Leif Hetland, who was here a couple weeks ago. And Jennifer had this book, and she had another one that's on the resource list. And she's telling us about it. I was like, you know, I've been thinking about that. Nicole and I, we've been reading, Nicole's been reading me this book and saying things. And you know what's funny is I said, man, maybe, maybe this would be beneficial to me because there's some days we live on 11 acres and with a house built in 1830s, you tend to have a lot to do. There's always something. Within the last couple of weeks, our heater went out, our dryer went out. There's just like, right? There's these things that just like, seriously, another thing? So, I remember telling Jennifer, I said, you know, some days I wish that it would rain just so I don't feel guilty for doing a chore that's needed outside. She's like, that's crazy. My pastor just used that very example because he's preaching on Sabbath. And I was like, or I sometimes think, man, I should be sick. Maybe if I was sick, I could get caught up on some rest. It would force me to rest. Am I speaking anybody's language yet? So then we, we go to, we were going to St. Lucia to our church there. We spent a couple days there. We flew back. We spent another night in Atlanta. Leif picks us up from the airport, and he starts talking about him trying to practice Sabbath. I'm like, man, maybe this is for us. 
Maybe we should consider this. And there was more and more. And all of these, everywhere I turn, everywhere person I talk to, every pastor that I'm meeting in that season of two or three weeks is talking about a Sabbath and the importance of rest and calculating our yeses and our noes and all these things, right? So I look in our calendar, and Nicole's stressed. She's like, when are we ever going to do this? How could we set aside a day? And she's exhausted and tired and overwhelmed. I look at our calendar, and for the rest of the year, every Saturday from September through November, almost December, was pretty much like nothing but family plans. I'm like, all right. And I marked in our calendars, every Saturday was Sabbath for us. So around October, we started implementing this into our life, and I started to come alive. I started to read my Bible for fun. I started to have communion with the Lord in the mornings. I started to feel alive again, started to fill with hope, started to, now our kids hated it. They absolutely hated it. If you have kids, you know sometimes they actually need like, like a calendar, like a plan. And it could be a plan of we're going to lay around for an hour, then we're going to watch a movie for an hour, then we're going to play a game for an hour. Like literally you're doing nothing, but a kid at least they know what they're going to do, and within those boundaries they, they, they accelerate. Anybody else's kids like that? So we started making, being more intentional with what it was. We were going to start as a family with communion. Then we are going to do this. And we started buying family games. And every few weeks, we would just put a new game out on the table. And they're like, we got a game again. And just surprise them. And it became this fun, fun time. Now, then a couple weeks in there, at first, before we started doing that, our kids are like, we hate Sabbath. Can we just go back to the old way? Because they themselves were not used to rest. They themselves were used to us going and doing this activity and that activity and say, okay, and we would literally, every night, what we do is we go through our next day and what all we're doing. Let me just give you an example. Last weekend, my Sabbath has been stolen the last two weeks, three weeks, three weeks in a row. Do you think it has anything to do with what you're hearing now from my voice today? Yeah, I think so. So here was our last weekend. Friday, I pick up the girls from school. We do a birthday dinner for my daughter who was turning 16 the next day we do a little private thing I took her to practice driving we then had a birthday party that night for her for Nicole's side of the family Saturday morning we wake up very early to go take her test we then go to Olivia's volleyball or basketball tournament game I then leave that tournament game which she won good job she's not in here congratulations she won the full conference tournament yesterday it's awesome Okay, so then we leave that. I have to take Olivia. Nicole takes Chloe to do some birthday things, nails, hair, things like that. I take Olivia. I go to Cincinnati. I go to a volleyball tournament. I leave her with other parents to come back to take all three girls to a father-daughter dance for Olivia to join me later. Then that night, we get home at 9 o'clock and still have to do cake and presents for Chloe because it is her official birthday. Sunday, we get to Sunday. And it's a full tournament. We leave our house at 6 a.m. We get back at 8 p.m. and we eat supper. That was my weekend. I was like, Nicole, I, I think we do probably more on a Saturday than some people do in a week. What are we doing? Now, these are things we've said yes to. These are things and commitments before we got on the Sabbath that we said we'd follow through with. Now, one weekend was with Lave and Jennifer. There was that. Yesterday was similar um, because we, we're, we're merging sports right now. Thankfully, that's done. But... Now, I'm sick, I'm feeling depleted, I'm feeling frustrated, I'm feeling angry with people, 
do you think I got used to some Sabbath and the health of that, and now it's like this. Let me, let me read some more here. That's our journey, but guess what? I asked the girls. Girls, do you guys like Sabbath? Yes, we love Sabbath. Yesterday, Chloe's like, when are we getting a Sabbath again? We're like, next weekend we have nothing. She's really? Yes, we get our Sabbaths back. Yes. So, signs you may need a Sabbath. This is mine, then we're going to go to a book. Is it okay if I, I take about 15 more minutes on this? Signs you may need a Sabbath. John Orberg and Richard Foster both labeled this emerging practice uh, of discipline slowing. All right? It's this slowing. Uh, in, in John Mark Comer's book, he calls it hurry sickness. All right? And Orberg defined it as cultivating patience by deliberately choosing to place ourselves in positions where we simply have to wait. We'll get to some of that here in a minute. You want to train yourself. Now, now, let me just say, it's not just a day. It's not just a day. It's also a lifestyle. Obviously, through last weekend, this weekend, all these things I'm talking about, we couldn't do a full day set aside, but maybe it was a Friday night. For us, today, it's after church. We've chosen Saturdays just because Sunday, obviously, is a bit more work for us than what maybe some of you experience. So maybe your Sabbath is Sunday. That was probably the most common. For us, it's Saturday when we can. And if not, we're trying to offset, okay, what's Friday night look like? What's Sat Sunday after church look like? And that becomes our Sabbath. But here's the thing. You might need a Sabbath if. This is just kind of picture yourself reading, um, oh, what's, what's the comedian? You might be a redneck. Jeff Foxworthy. So just, just picture that as I read this. If you're uncomfortable resting, if you feel anxious or overwhelmed, if you hope for a rainy day like I explained, if you hope for things to be canceled just so you can have a day off, if you think about being sick just to stop or rest, if you often procrastinate, because you ain't going to Sabbath if you are a procrastinator. One of the things I have to do, we have tons of animals and varmints and different things that are on our, on our homestead. And oftentimes, I'm setting live traps pretty much every week. I never set a live trap on Friday night because I don't want to have to deal with that thing on Saturday. On Friday night, we're, t we're doing laundry. On Friday night, we're taking out trash. We're like, okay, what's everything else? We're asking girls, did you guys get your homework done? Me, did I get my sermon all the way prepped and done so I don't have to look at it again until Sunday morning? Those are things we're doing. So if you're a procrastinator, it's oftentimes signs that you need Sabbath because you may not need the rest as much as you need the cyclical, intentional stewardship of time. That's, that's the lean backers, okay? If you no longer dictate your schedule or time, but your time and schedule dictates you. If you're tired, if you're always in a hurry or impatient. You, um, some example of that is you're always trying to see what line or what lane is the fastest, and then you get mad when you got in the wrong line. You got hurry sickness. If your blood boils from any drivers or anything else that slows you down. Anybody, am I hitting anybody yet? All right, let, let's go to this list, okay? This is, as you read this book and get this, it's on the resource list um, on page 48. But anyway, you'll read this eventually. Another, other signs that you may need Sabbath. Irritability. You get mad, frustrated, or just annoyed way too easily. Little normal things irk you. Hypersensitivity. All it takes is a minor comment to hurt your feelings, a grumpy email to set you off, or a little turn of events to throw you into emotional funk and ruin your day. Minor things quickly escalate to major emotional events. Three, restlessness. When you actually do try to slow down and rest, you can't relax. That was us for several weeks. Workaholism, or just nonstop activity. 
You just don't know when to stop, or worse, you can't stop. Another hour, another day, another week. Five, emotional numbness. Six, out of order priorities. Your life is reactive and not proactive. Seven, lack of care for your body. You don't have time for the basics. Eight hours of sleep, daily exercise, healthy, home-cooked food, get sick multiple times a year, regularly wake up tired, don't sleep well, live off the four horsemen and the industrialized food apocalypse, caffeine, sugar, processed carbs, and alcohol. Eight, escapist behaviors. When we're too tired to do what's actually life-giving for our souls, we each turn to our distraction of choice, overeating, overdrinking, binge-watching Netflix, browsing social media, surfing the web, looking at porn. Name your poison. Six, nine, slippage of spiritual disciplines. Things that are truly life-giving for your soul are the first to go rather than the first to stay. And the last is isolation. You feel disconnected from God, others, or your own soul. Okay? Let me, let, me, let me give another list of things from this book while we're on it. And that is tips that might help you address, which also could flip that you also, if you're not doing these things, could help you, but also might be signs that you have, what is it? Hurry sickness. Okay? Drive the speed limit. Get into the slow lane. That'll test you right there. Get in the slow lane and be okay with it and just see how long you can last. I ride with my brother to like the cabin and stuff, and sometimes he's pulling a trailer, and I'm over here like tapping my brake. <laughs> but we're in a hurry. We're like, we got to get there. We, we want to capitalize on our time. We've only got two days, right? And, all right, get into the slow lane. Come to a full stop at stop signs. Don't text and drive. My daughter just studied all of this. Show up 10 minutes early, and while you're waiting, Maybe do something productive like pray or converse or get to know somebody rather than just get on social media. Get in the longest line. <laughs> at the grocery store, get in the longest line. And don't look at the other lines. Turn smartphone into a dumb phone. Parent your phone. Put it to sleep. Man, your kids, your spouse needs you. And oftentimes, we are competing with this. Set times for email. Be intentional with your time. Set a time, time limit, or plain get off social media. Kill your TV. Single task. Walk slower. Take a regular day for silence and solitude. Take up journaling. Experiment with mindfulness or meditation. If you can, take a long vacation. Or take a vacation at all. Even if it, for financial reasons, it has to be a staycation. Cool. Oh, sorry, cook your own food and eat in. All right, let's go to some scripture. Psalms 23. Let's make this legal today. Psalms 23, and I just want to go from here. This is kind of our theme verse for the year. Read a few scriptures, slap a few more points up, slap you on your butts, get you to the Super Bowl game. Get you out of here. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not what? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me rest. He makes me lie down and rest. He makes me take a pause. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness 
in worship, in my righteous living, I bring honor and I glorify and I bring worship to his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, now remember, it's only a shadow. It's not death itself. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they what? They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Nicole made four points from this a few weeks ago regarding and coming from the place of Sabbath, stop, rest, delight, and worship. Let's go to um, Exodus 20, 8 through 11. Exodus 20. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on the Ten Commandment of Sabbath. One that we all, most of us in this room, I would say 90%, just by a guess, have overlooked this, not practiced it, not made it a regular routine, habit, or even part of our heart as we move forward. And it doesn't have to be a day. It could be an evening. It could be a time. It could be a mindset that I'm going to actually take a tactical pause. I'm going to reset. Remember the Sabbath day and what? Remember the Sabbath and what? Keep it what? Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not work in any, you shall not do any work. You or your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, your sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that's in them, and rested on the seventh. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it what? Honor the Sabbath and keep it holy, meaning God already made it holy. It's already holy, and it's set apart for us. It's set apart. It is a holy day set apart for us. He made it holy, so he's saying honor it and keep it holy. Now let's go to Genesis, and I know, like I said, Steve read all this, but Genesis 1, I want to focus on something particular about these couple verses. Genesis 1, 29 through 2, 3. It says this, Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given you every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the small animals that scurry along the ground into my life traps, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, came, marking the sixth day. So he looked over it all. I believe this. It was an admiration. It was literally in a worship moment, okay? So he stopped creating in six days, all right? Now he begins to rest and delight and look in favor of what he's created, and he begins to worship because it's holy. It says, so the, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all the work of creation. Let's go to Mark 2, 23 through 28. I'm really just going to focus on 27 and 28 for the sake of time. This is a story that Steve told. And he told it, it basically it was when they were out in the grain fields, the Sadducees or Pharisees or the religious leaders began to question what they were doing and the disciples were doing in the grain fields. So Steve read that last week, but I want us to pay note to, to verse 27. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for who? Man. Not man for Sabbath. 
says this, so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Do you know that, that the Sabbath was created for you to be a blessing to you, not you to be a blessing to Sabbath? We shift our mind to say this is not the love of law, this is the law of love. We shift our mind to say this is an invitation, not a requirement. This is no longer a law or a rule. This is a blessing that was created for us to have a guilt-free day of stopping, resting, delighting, and worshiping, and being okay with it, and turning off that phone, turning off those emails, turning off that chaos and that busyness. Let's seal the deal with this one last verse. Isaiah 56, 2. It says this. Matt, you can come. Blessed is the man who does this, and the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not profaning it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Blessed is the man that doesn't do evil, but keeps the Sabbath. This is a blessing. This is, this is part of a blessing and an invitation to actually do more with less. I tell you, it has been a blessing to me and my home. In our journey, this has been very, very fruitful. And it's funny because some of the book says, well, maybe, and if, as you listen to the podcast, maybe the first few weeks or maybe even the first six months, you may not be ready to do Sabbath with other people yet. And that was us. When we started, we we're like, no, this is like close in. Katie barred the doors. Like we are not, no one else is coming in. We're not going out, right? And now we're like, man, what could Friday night look like? What could we do? Could we have people over for, for a brunch? And we're starting to get healthy and, 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 and like want to expand and what this could look like in community because we're actually coming alive. I get to look forward to Saturdays. It's my favorite day of the week. And then like coming in, then like I'm rested on Sunday and it's like, man, this is so fun. I, I can't help but think the same time we start pressing into some of this and pressing into to some other things with Psalms 23 this year, all of a sudden the Lord is just blowing on some things can't help but think that maybe he's really delighted in some of this again i don't think it's this thing of like requirement or if you do this then you'll get like no i just think it's like delight and healthy people attract healthy people just like hurt people hurt people <laughs> nicole a few weeks ago she planted these seeds and she she talked about stopping resting delighting worship and I preached a message on invitation, just following up on that. And it was inviting us to restoring our souls, right? It was the whole context of Psalms 23.3, but he restores our soul. And this invitation to have our, our soul restored, this invitation to go deeper in the river, this invitation for the signs, wonders, and the miracles, and for the manifestations and the gifts of Holy Spirit. I believe now the Lord is also inviting us in on this calculated rest, this day of Sabbath, this time, this lifestyle of Sabbath. Again, I don't, I don't think it's a requirement. We'll probably touch on this. We might see some groups form around this. Um, we're going to focus on this for a few weeks. I don't think we're going to stay on this all year. But I think this is an invitation to come in of like, man, what, what does this look like? What does this look like for you as a single person? What does this look like for you as a young person? Or what does this look like for you as a family? Or a married couple. Man, I wish I would have had this before I had kids or when my kids were little. I wish I would have had some of this intentionality with my time because let me just say this, I am feeling so productive. At the end of the week, I get to Friday night, I was like, done. I got it all done because I'm doing more with less. I'm calculated. I'm intentional. It's, it's like a machine. It feels good. Don't you stand with me.
So there's revival happening. There's a fresh wind blowing, right? There's, there's all these things manifesting and this, this growth that's happening. Growth in the spirit, growth in his presence, growth in numbers. We're, we're hearing these crazy, amazing things about these small groups that are going on through the week and people getting healed, radically healed. These gatherings that are igniting and, and what was going to be just a, a common community gathering for over food is turning into revival services and worship moments. We saw it yesterday with the, with the worship teams. And there's all this stuff that's blowing, right? But what if we're too busy that we miss it? What if we're too busy we can't even focus on it? What if we're so busy that we miss that moment and that invitation? Or heck, what, what if we miss the life that's happening in front of us because we're so busy, so anxious, so performance-driven? We might be missing the very things that are the most meaningful things in life, like our kids growing up, our grandkids hitting those home runs at Little League baseball games because we're too busy and focused on work, or this or that, or can't do it, or we just forgot about it because we're so hectic in life. Or those very moments of just that time that's at our hands. Man, I, this is just an invitation to put God first and set aside a day. And I'd love for you to prayerfully consider this, what this looks like. Maybe it's moments, maybe it's an evening, maybe it's a day. Maybe you're gonna actually get into the spiritual practice of this. Or maybe it's just every morning you're gonna start this way. Maybe it's all of it. I don't know. I encourage you to get into some of these resources that we, that we gave you. Because I'm telling you, this, this has changed my life. Um, but let's pray. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for Sabbath. We thank you that there is a day set aside to, to just really stop, rest, delight, and worship. Lord, we thank you that it's intentional, that it's, that it's not just a day of doing nothing, but, Lord, it's a rhythm. It's a cycle of being so calculated and so effective because you multiply it. You multiply our week. You make us more effective, doing more with less. That our go is, is calculated and our go is from rest and that we're full. So Lord, I pray just as, as we consider these days or what these moments look like for us, that you fill our cups so much that they overflow. Just put your hand on, on somebody around you. I, I want to pray for health. And I'm not just talking physical health. I am. But I'm talking emotional health and spiritual health. Oftentimes we're, we're so bogged down that we tend to look at others and we're building a case and we're not emotionally healthy or spiritually healthy. And oftentimes those people are hurting us when really it's just us that's unhealthy because we're hypersensitive, because we're too busy or whatever. So I want to pray health, health in this body, health in your bodies, health in your mind, your soul, your spirit, your being. God, we just pray health right now. We ask for physical health, we ask for emotional health, we ask for spiritual health in Jesus' name. Your blood covered it. You not only remove sin and shame, Lord, you remove disease and, uh, and, and things that are unhealthy. So Lord, we pray for a, a shift of a perspective, Lord. Let us have the mind of you. Lord, let us be renewed. Let us be transformed by the renewing of our minds. God, we pray health, wholeness. You were broken so we could be whole. In Jesus' name, amen.
We're going to ask our prayer team to come up. If you need prayer for anything, if you want a, an encouraging or prophetic word, uh, we want to just encourage you to come up. They'll speak a word over you. They'll make declarations over you. They'll pray. Uh, if you need prayer in relationship, finance, any of this, we just want to encourage you to, to come up and be blessed by our prayer team. If you want to give your heart to Jesus or need healing, come up. We'll pray for you. But God bless you guys. Enjoy the rest of your day.